0: Have a Bible with you. Would you turn with me to Matthew 18, and we will eventually get there. I promise. Okay, it's going to take me a little while, so you may want to just you know start in Genesis and start flipping pages. We will eventually get to Matthew 18, but I I want to share with you at least a little bit of a huge topic, and this is something that I believe the Lord has really put on me and my family, uh, if that's the correct language. The last couple of years, just catching my breath. And uh, I want to share with you about honoring the ones God honors. And I feel like I'm preaching to the choir in this church because you're so all about this. Um, One moment. Just to say that, just so we're on the same page, (laughs) the love that the Lord has for every single individual on the entire planet is beyond searching out. It's beyond language, yeah? Right? We're, we're told in Scripture, in fact, we're going to spend eternity plumbing the depths of the grace of God, and we're never going to get to the end of it. Like, some of us understand that grace, we generally translate to that, that to mean the undeserved or unmerited favor that God gives to us, yeah? But that's just the beginning. That's just... That's out-of-the-gate kindergarten, sort of. As far as what that totally means, it has to do with the Lord enabling us to do what he's called us to do, and on and on and on. But I just, I just want you to be clear that I understand that the love that the Lord has for you today, in fact, one of the things that um, we were praying out of the ta- table earlier was that the Lord would just tell us the truth today, yeah? Father, would you tell us what you think of us? Thank you that you have removed all of our shame through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. This is good stuff. That Yeah, that's a good place to say amen. But I wanted to emphasize that because of the fact that there actually are groups of people throughout Scripture. There are individuals, and there are also groups of people who seem to get more than their share, almost, of the Lord's attention. You with me? It's the truth. He loves everyone. Absolutely, he does. And yet there are certain individuals and there are certain groups of people that just get so much of the Lord's attention. And seemingly they figure so prominently in the heart of God, and they're up here in God's economy. One of those groups, and we just have to jump right into this for the sake of time, but one of those groups is found in Matthew 25, and this is on the way to Matthew 18, and we will get there, okay? But Matthew 25 is actually, it's a very challenging, even troubling chapter for evangelical believers like myself, because, and I wouldn't even mention it, except it's in the scriptures, and Jesus himself is, is speaking, okay? But that is the chapter that Jesus talks about, the sheep and the goats. For some of you, this will be familiar. And so, absolutely, we believe that we're saved by grace. Yes? This is foundational to the gospel, friends, okay? Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And even that is not of yourselves, for it's the gift of God so that no one can boast. Not by works, right? So no one can boast. So even the, the faith to believe has been a gift that the Lord has given to me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And yet, we have Jesus here in Matthew 25 saying, Jay, and you can insert your name there, but this is the King of Kings, and he's saying there actually is going to come a day when there's going to be this separation between those that the Lord calls the sheep and those he calls the goats. And I'm not going to take a long time to unpack this, but just, just to point this out, if you, if you read this, the, Matthew 25 carefully, you'll see that the basis of that separation comes down to one very simple thing. Jay, how did you respond to the poor? That's really it. See, one of the groups that gets so much of God's attention, and Jesus mentions them in the Gospels, they go by the name of the least of these. the name ring a bell? Okay, this is not a complete definition, by the way, but but for our purposes this morning, this will do. The least of these, Jesus is talking about someone who can't pay me back. But as simple as you can get, right? And, and as soon as I say that, I, I need to point out that I do get it. That in this church and in this group right here right now, I know that I'm speaking to some of you that I just described your life. And, and what I mean is you're all about pouring yourself out for other people. You're looking out for other people. You're There's someone you're taking care of or there's someone or someones that you're ministering to on a regular basis. And it would never enter your heart. It would never enter your mind To the slightest degree that you're doing that for what you can get off the relationship. It's not about that, is it? It's about the love that you have for someone else, yeah? But I would go so far as to say this. If you have been born again, if you have been saved, it actually is the presence of the Lord in you, loving someone through you. Amen? Amen. And I know that many of you, maybe most of you have experienced this. One of the things that happens to me a lot lately, and it still surprises me, even though it's fairly frequent, I get to go all over Canada a lot. And I'm on airplanes a lot. Anyway, I'll, I'll be with a large group of people. In this church, I have some friends here. You know, I know some of you a little bit. I'll be in this huge group of people where I don't know anybody. And I'm sharing with them, and all of a this will happen. You see, you tell me if you can relate to this. All of a sudden, I'll just be feeling like, oh, my goodness. I love these people. <laughs> like, what's going on? Like, friends, I'm not that nice. Seriously. And the Lord will remind me. Jay, it's all true, you know. What I've said in my word is absolutely the truth. I actually do indwell you, remember? I'm letting you in on this much of how I feel about these people. Isn't that cool? Both as individuals and as a group, I'm letting you in on this much of that. And that's what the the Lord does. He gives us grace to increasingly see people the way that He does, to cause us to have love for someone that we've never even met before, or, and this is maybe more common, to have love for someone who's really, really, really annoying. Okay, i got to move on from there. So there's this group of people in Matthew 25 that Jesus calls the least of these. In Matthew 25, that's where where Jesus is talking about this day and he's he's gonna say, you know, I was hungry. He himself is speaking. I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was naked, you clothed me. I was a stranger, you invited me in. I was in prison, You you visited me. And on and on and on it goes. But in so many words, the one who is the way, the truth and the life, the king of kings, he cannot lie and he says this. He says, I'm telling you friends, this is for real. Whatever you have done for one of the least of these, you actually, truly did that for me, says Jesus. And I'm just emphasizing that so much because there's been some pretty weird teaching around this. I just want to emphasize again, this is Jesus himself speaking. This is not a metaphor. This is not Jesus just using poetry, all right? He's saying, I'm telling you, this is reality from the point of view of all of heaven, The cloud of witnesses, all of the angels, right to my Father's throne, my Father himself, all of heaven sees it this way, guys, says Jesus. You with me? Whatever you did for one of the least of these, for real, you actually did that for me from heaven's perspective, says Jesus. Yeah. Does that sound like worship to anybody else, by the way? Outside outside the walls of, you know, this gymtuary? Yeah. That's a life of worship, isn't it? And what an invitation that the Lord is giving to us to not only, only, but to not only be a joint heir with, with Christ. We'll spend eternity unpacking that one, too, before the throne. Amen? But then the Lord says, no, I'm also inviting you into the, into the family business. I want you to be a co-laborer with me. I have to press on for the sake of time. Whatever you did for the least of these, Jay, you actually did that for me. And then there's the sobering other side of it, and, and where Jesus says, And also, Jay, you need to know this. Whatever you didn't do that you could have, you didn't do that for me. We have limited time this morning, so I'm only going to focus on the first part, if that's all right. But this is the so There's this huge group of people whom the Lord calls the least of these. And by the way, I qualify. At least, at least to some extent, as if I could ever pay the Lord back. You with me? I can't pay him back, right? So at least in that sense, I'm among the least of these. And he's, he's poured out everything, everything for me. Under this huge group of people, okay, if you just think of that category, the least of these who cannot pay me back, in the Gospels, and particularly from Jesus himself, there's a subcategory or a subgroup of people who get even more attention. You may not have noticed it before, but you will now. Next time you're reading through Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, you will notice that there's this group of people. They seem to get more than their share of airtime. They really do. Who who am I talking about? Children. The children. Isn't it wild? And as soon as I said that, I know there's scriptures that came to your mind. Because there's so many of them. There's so many. But, you know, uh, let the little children come to me. Forbid them not. The kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these, says Jesus. And then he, he takes them in his arms and he blesses them. All the parent, in that instance, all the parents wanted him to do was, you know, Rabbi, would you just bless my kid? You know, just, just speak a blessing. And what does he do? He wraps them in, in his arms. He shows the love of the Father to him and blesses them. More than, more than the, they, they were even asking for. He exceeds our expectations. And then he says to adults, he says, you can't even get in. You cannot even enter, says Jesus unless you humble yourself and become like a little child in your heart. Isn't that something? So there's all these scriptures that pointing to the fact that there's an awful lot going on in the heart of God with regard to children. He's talking about little kids. Matthew 18 is a chapter that deals with that very topic, about how precious but even sacred children are. There's more going on than I can see with my eyes. That's a big part of the chapter. We're going we're gonna to get into it in, in at chapter, or verse 10, but even before we do that, I have to mention verse five because it's so reminiscent of what we mentioned from Matthew 25. Remember Matthew 25, Jesus says, whatever you did for one of the least of these, you actually, for real, literally did that for me, right? Look what he says, Matthew 18, verse five. He says, whoever welcomes a little child like this, he's talking about a little kid, little wee kid, in my name, actually, literally, for real, welcomes me. Isn't that wild? So, all of a sudden, children's ministry takes on a, a whole new level of importance, doesn't it? Yeah? Okay, so down to verse 10, and uh, I want to impress you with my Greek prowess, if I can read this at all. I used to make fun of my wife for going like this to read things. That was a bad idea. Um, while I'm trying to. Here we are. This is this is actually in the original language. um, It's it's, I won't call it a miracle, but it's certainly it is definitely grace that I passed two years of Greek. Uh, It's phenomenal. I'm I'm familiar with souvlaki. What I'm (laughs) what I'm trying to actually I do know what books to go to to look the stuff up. So that's that's helpful. But this this verse 10 is actually in the imperative tense in the original language. And the reason that that is important is what that means is this is actually a command. Okay. So this is not a helpful hint from Jesus. This is not a suggestion. This is my Lord and my Savior commanding this. And it's a very odd one, I think. It's a strange command. He says, see to it that you do not look down on any of these little ones. One translation actually is, is more harsh in the language. It says, see to it that you do not despise any of these little ones. At first reading, does anyone else have this reaction? You think, well, I like kids. You know, kids are Okay. I don't think I look down on them. I certainly don't despise them. A couple of things about that that I need to point out. First of all, and I don't know how, how much time I have to talk about this, but Jesus is not specifically talking about your own children. I'm not making a joke. He, he's not. That's different. Or even grandchildren or great-grandchildren if you're at that stage of life, or even your, your, your close friend's children. Um, he's talking about children all around the planet, children in general. We little kids. And I believe that the Lord would say to us, even in 2017, and certainly to me, Jay, for most of the planet right now, children are not held in very high esteem. They're really not. They're an annoyance. They're tolerated at best. Why? Because they can't do anything for you. See? They qualify as being among the least of these. You, you just think about a little kid now, okay? A little child. They're not likely to introduce you to influential people. They're not going to get you a promotion at work, right? They're not going to add to you your bank. They're going to drain your bank account is what they're going to do. That's, that's the calling that the Lord has on children, and they fulfill it really well. But the Lord says, don't look down, so don't look down on them. But then he explains. This is the king of kings. He doesn't need to explain anything to us, and yet he does. He gives a command, but then he explains why he's giving that command. But in this case, the explanation seems, it's just really strange. He says this, So see to it, you don't look down on the kids. Don't look down on any of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What a strange thing to say. There there are some things about this verse That I would, I actually do believe, and I have other scripture to back it up. But I would have to confess to Bible scholars that some of the things, some of the connections, I believe the Lord is making. I would have to confess, yeah, that's that's really by conjecture because I think Jesus is inferring these things. I, I really do believe the Lord's making a connection between "Father, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven" right now, and how I relate to these little kids. And I, but I would have to confess that's conjecture. Okay, so we won't go there. So put that one aside. What is not conjecture because it is specifically what Jesus is saying is this: He's saying, "Look, heaven has invested everything in these kids to the point that they have actually been assigned literal created heavenly beings." Elsewhere in Scripture, they're called the elect angels. In Hebrews chapter 1, it says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Right? He makes his angels winds, his servants flames of fire. And Jesus is saying, there are actual created heavenly beings. They're as real as you are. They're as real as I am. Peter says they're of a different substance. But they're actually around these little kids. And on a regular basis, these... Angels see the face of my Father in the fullness of His glory. You don't yet. I don't yet, right? But the angels, these heavenly beings around... I know this is strange, friends. But who's speaking? And why would He tell us this? I believe this is part of the point. I really do. Don't get me wrong. I don't fully understand this. There's a lot of mystery surrounding it. But I do believe that's part of the point. There is that which is sacred. And I believe... Certainly to me, the Lord would, would say through His Word... There's more going on than meets the eye when it comes to children. Most of you, says Jesus, most of the time will not even see these angels. Most of you, most of the time, will not even be aware of their presence at all, which is precisely why I'm telling you, says Jesus, they are there. Don't mess with the kids, right? They're so precious to the heart of God, and there's, there's that which is sacred, there's more going on than you can see. In fact, eight of the first nine verses of that chapter are a very, very sobering warning about harming children. You don't do that. I've got to press on for the second time. Okay, so verse 12, this next section, by the way, I've heard it taught many times with regard to evangelism in general, and I think that's okay. I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I've probably done it myself. As long as we understand that at least in Matthew 18, Jesus is specifically talking about children. Yes, he is when he says this. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth— he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, says Jesus, I'm going, to, I'm going to let you in on a little bit of your father's heart, he says. In the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. Amen, amen, amen. How many have heard of D.L. Moody? Lots, of, lots in this church probably. I have a list of heroes. He's, he's right up there. Uh, D.L. Moody was a great man of God, a great evangelist who lived in the 1800s. He died in 1899, so he is in heaven, and we will meet him there. I love that. I want you to consider this. This one man, D.L. Moody, during his lifetime, in the 1800s, so obviously way before the media that we have, way before the travel that we have today, he personally led thousands and tens of thousands, friends. He led tens of thousands of people to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. One guy. Just let that percolate. How many know you can't do that? What I'm trying to say is, that's partnering with Jesus, yeah? That's John 15, where Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing, but that's, you know, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask what you will. But then he goes on to say, you will bear much fruit. When the king of kings and the creator of the universe talks about much Is it okay if we assume he means a lot? Right? And he talks about fruit that will last, and he says that glorifies the Father. I can't think of a better example of this, what he was talking about, than D.L. Moody. And by the way, John 15 is not a salvation issue. It's a fruitfulness issue. Um, it's, It's, Jay, how connected are you to me today? Yeah? So all of a sudden, time that I spend alone with Jesus, that's a really big deal, isn't it, in terms of how much glory he gets out of this body while I'm in it? You with me? I'm jumping around a bit too much, but back to Matthew 18 and D.L. Moody. Tens of thousands of people, and and I have to say this again. I I continually ask the Lord to shake me with these truths. Sometimes I think I watch the news too much, and it, it messes me up. We need to continually look to the author and perfecter of our faith. Amen? He is the truth. We will meet in heaven Tens of thousands of people who will tell us, I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ through that man over there. Do you see that guy? That's D.L. Moody. He's a good guy. You should go shake his hand. Huge numbers of people. We will actually meet in heaven. Isn't that amazing? And yet he said this. As an old man looking back on his life, he made this statement. He says, if I could relive my life, I would devote my entire ministry to reaching children For God. Let me try this set over here. If I could relive my life, so says a man who's already led tens of thousands of people to Jesus, most of us would agree that's a fruitful life. Yeah? And he says, if I could do it over, I would devote my entire ministry 100% to reaching children for God. Yeah. See, he had seen with his own eyes. Over and over and over again, the incredible impact that it has on families and communities, ultimately on nations. And that is not an exaggeration. When children come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Amen? All that to say, it is an honor for me to be representing the Ministry of Compassion Canada here this morning, especially in this church. There's already so many wonderful things going on. I'm not an employee of Compassion, uh, by the way, so I can say whatever I want about them. I love these people. I love these people. In my opinion, they are doing what D.L. Moody said he wished he would have done. Absolutely pouring themselves out for the children. I'm talking about in the field, wherever they minister. Yes, they're an aid organization, but there's, there's two things I need to emphasize about them. There are two distinctives of the many things that I could say about their ministry. Two distinctives I want to emphasize this morning. The first is by far the most important thing I can say about them, and that is their calling and their absolute commitment to evangelism and discipleship. Okay. Sandy and I, my wife Sandy's here too, but we, we have a list of favorite Christian organizations, and you know what? It, it's no, there's no point trying to compare apples to apples. Don't do that. This is just my language, but I'm, I'm right, and I have the microphone. There's, God has called different organizations to different, do things different ways. In the case of compassion, Yes, they are an aid organization, but they have a supreme above everything else. They have a calling of the Lord upon them to evangelism and discipleship. Just to put this in perspective, I sure, I sure hope you saw the pictures of the children waiting to be sponsored on the tables out here. Anybody? <laughs> I hope you did. And as you know, in this church, those are real children who really are waiting to be sponsored at this moment. Well, just listen to this. Just based on the statistics, okay? So just the numbers of what's happened right up until this moment, right now. I can tell you with absolute confidence that the vast, vast majority of those kids whose pictures are on those tables right now, once they are sponsored, they will come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Yeah, come on, yeah. This is missions, this is missions, man. Think about, again, I know I'm a broken record, but think about the implications of what I just said. Lord, shake shake us with this truth. The vast majority of those children, at least we will actually see in heaven. (laughs) Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That was it. That was a big thing I wanted to share, so you can go home. See ya. Um, The second distinctive that I wanted to emphasize, I was was actually a senior pastor for nine years, so I get pretty jazzed about this. If you don't, that's okay. But it's their commitment to the local church, and this is what Pastor Kai was talking about at the beginning. And again, I'm talking about in the field, right? Compassion only works through the local church. And the way that I usually describe this to people or or illustrate it is if you can imagine with me a struggling pastor in a a developing nation, I can. He has hopes and dreams for his community, same as you do here. But maybe in his case, he can barely provide for his own family, right? So that's taking up. So much of his energy and his time. Okay, that pastor partners with compassion. A year or two later, his church is now three times the size that it was. You with me? I still have trouble getting my head around this, and they keep—they're telling me, Jay, that's about average. Three hundred percent growth in a couple of years. But listen to this, friends. That's conversion growth. Have you ever heard of such a thing? See, what's happening is the children, in so many instances, the children are coming to know Jesus, but then so often, the whole family does. I have to tell you something that happened to Sandy and myself. We got to visit one of our sponsored kids in the Dominican Republic. His name's Giordani, Jordani, and I think we have a picture. There they are. And we got to, we spent, I don't know how many hours at the church where everything's going on to see what Jordani was doing, just spent time with him. Some of it was playing. It was so great. But then we got to walk with Jordani and a translator, and a photographer, and a videographer. I'm not sure if there's anyone else. Back to Giordani's home, and we met Mom and his sisters. And some of you will be aware that in uh, in the poorer parts of the Dominican, it's wonderful when Dad is still around. That's all I'll say. Dad is still around in this instance, so thank you, Lord. That's so wonderful. I have to tell you the bottom line. Sandy and I got to pray with Mommy and Daddy for them to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Isn't God good? Yes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This was a gift. I mean, this was a a gift to us. This was a gift to to Sandy and myself. Um, I have to tell you this, though. This this was not like persuading anybody into anything. This was not, you know, oh, I'm going to lead someone to Jesus. It's going to be so hard. This is more like I walked under a tree and a piece of fruit fell in my hand. Honestly, we, in fact, afterward, we both, we thought of Lydia in Acts 16. It says the Lord opened Lydia's heart to receive Paul's message so that she could believe, right? This was like that. The Lord had opened the hearts of these dear, dear people long before Jay and Sandy showed up. I just, I honestly believe he wanted us to be there as a gift to us, but also to see what's going on through this ministry all around the planet. So now not only Jordani and his sisters, but mom and dad know Jesus, can you imagine what this means to Jordani? But also, we will be with this whole family before the Lord in heaven. We have dear new brother and sister in the Lord. Isn't that amazing? I love it. I got. I have to move on for the sake of time, but isn't that cool, really? Isn't the Lord good? That, the hypothetical pastor that I was talking about in the developing nation, by the way, whose church is now three times the size that it was because all these people are coming to know Jesus, he is now held in very high esteem in his community. Again, I think this is what Pastor Kai was referring to His church has become the go-to place for anybody in need. And why is that? Well, well, everybody knows. You go over there, those people, they love you over there. But it's also become the go-to place for all of these adults who are coming to the church, coming to the pastor, and saying, you know, I don't know what happened to my child who's in your program, but they've changed in, in a really good way. Like, we're really happy about it. But I also don't know what it is that you have. But I know I desperately need it, too. What must I do to be saved? Cool? It is. It is. So with that, they've sent along a video, we're gonna show it this time, if we can, Chris. It's about two and a half hours long. <laughs> so hope you're really comfy. It's about three and a half minutes. Okay. I am
1: Jennifer Gutierrez and I'm from Kenya. Growing up with a single parent in the slum was very, very difficult for me. Really living hand-to-mouth because if my mom went to look for employment or even wash other people's clothes, if she came in the evening with a dollar, that's what we'd use to buy a meal and eat at that particular time. If we wake up tomorrow, there's nothing to eat, then we'd take a glass of water and run to school. But compassion, I opened a project at a church near our home. And for the first time as a young girl, I saw hope. Compassion provided for everything. They gave me books. When I was sick, Compassion would pay for my medical care. And I'm also thankful to my sponsor who was very, very encouraging. You know, just writing letters of encouragement, telling me that you can make it, you can do it. Your past should not determine your future. I believe my sponsors were God sent. When we wrote to Jennifer, it was important to let her know that we really cared about her. I just said what a mother would say, you know, we're so proud of you. We're so proud that your grade card is good and that you've done such a good job. I remember vividly our neighbor's child was raped. The child was 10 years, and these were the kind of things that I saw growing up that really made me decide to be a lawyer. Someone who could speak for the rights of those who cannot speak for themselves. The beginning of this year, I joined the Kenya School of Law so that now I can be admitted into the bar and become an advocate in the High Court of Kenya. This summer, I went to the United States of America to, to be an advocate. I shared passionately about my story and how my sponsors had made a difference in my life. And they were brought on stage. Yeah, they are. It was life-changing just to, to see those two people who'd sacrificed their resources, who used to pray for me, who used to encourage me. So for for me to see these two people was was just amazing. Compassion gave us the opportunity to reach halfway around the world to rescue one little girl from whatever the future might have had in store for her. It makes me cry all the time when I think of how far God has brought me, you know, from the ditches of poverty to this. Today I am here as proof that indeed compassion releases children from poverty in Jesus' name. My children will never live in poverty. My children will know the word of God when I
0: look at the packets and the compassion boots, my heart is broken. Because 17 years ago, my face was in that packet. Wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. So good. Yeah. <clears throat> A quick update, uh, just very quick on Jennifer. She not only has become a lawyer, she has two master's degrees. She's working on her doctorate, and she has a position of significant influence working for the government of Kenya. Anybody think that might be something the Lord did? Yeah. Think, Yeah. Yeah. Yay, God. Think, think about her background. You know, that one line just blows me away every time. You know, when she was this high, if, if mom came home with a dollar, we, we ate, right? If not, we had a, a glass. <clears> of. <throat> okay. Amazing what the Lord has done. Amen, amen, amen. Mother Teresa, one of her famous quotes, she said, if you can't feed 100 kids, feed one. I think she was speaking to human nature. She was speaking to me, for sure. And I can relate to this tendency to be so overwhelmed sometimes with the size of the need. Yeah? And it is huge. And some of you here are far better versed than I in, in how many thousands of children perished yesterday. Right? From malnutrition and preventable diseases not last year yesterday and how many thousand more today and all of that and and it's so easy to just oh you can get frozen in place because you can feel like what can i i'm one person what can i do that makes any kind of significant difference when the numbers are so huge here's the thing equally as true as the very sobering statistics and they are but equally as true is that in this room right now, I know that many of you at this very moment are being instrumental in seeing lives completely transformed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know this is true because you're already sponsoring kids. So I personally believe a big part of the reason I'm here today is just to say thank you. Thank you so much. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. You are having an enormous impact. You rock, well done. It's not just a picture on the fridge right? I think that's the orthodox place. For, uh... I'm not great at math, but I did work it out. It costs $1.36 a day. Think about that. $1.36 a day to sponsor a child, see their life completely turned around, probably for eternity, if it's through this Ministry of Compassion Canada. It's actually considerably less than that if you pay income tax. Anybody here pay income tax? I'll get to that in a moment, but for our purposes, $1.36. I just want you to think about that. This child has very little hope for any kind of future, like Jennifer was. That same child is sponsored, and friends, really, they're thriving now. They're receiving what they need, and they're learning about the love of the Lord Jesus Christ for them. One of my favorite verses in Sandy's is Jeremiah 29, 11, and we're seeing that fulfilled in the lives of our sponsored kids, right in front of our eyes. "'For I know the plans I have for you,' declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. We have a good father. Plans to give you a hope and a future, and there it is. Right in front of our eyes in the lives of these kids. Isn't that amazing? Buck thirty-six a day. What's a medium double-double from Tim's? Most parts of the country, it's about $1.70, right? $1.36 each day to sponsor this child. $1.70 for my, for my coffee. Starbucks is infinitely more, actually, but, but worth it, that's just my opinion. Um, here's a, th- here's a thought. If you regularly buy your coffee from Starbucks, you should consider sponsoring a village. Okay, okay, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta hurry up with this. Um, I don't think there is a Starbucks in Bracebridge, is there? I, I investigated and, well, oh, very sad day. It's okay. It's okay. So I'll shrink this story. My wife Sandy and I went to the the accountant to get my taxes done. Uh, We'd been sponsoring kids for so many years. I don't even know how long. I'd never even thought to ask this before. At the time we were sponsoring, Sandy and I were sponsoring four children. There's a reason I'm telling you that. Cut to the chase. As it turns out, all these years I didn't know this, I actually haven't been spending $1.36 per day for each of these kids that we sponsor. Friends, it's more like 70 cents. 70 cents. 70 cents all these years and I, never, I didn't know that. I pay 51%, I get 49% back. And, and you know, if you make more money than me, that's actually possible. Um, you know, you might have to pay 60%, only get 40, 40% back or something like that. Either way, personally, I just think, what an opportunity. I, I'm not, it's not 41 a month, for me it's more like 21 a month. Or to say it another way, and this is important, for me to sponsor two kids costs about the same as I thought I was spending for each one I was sponsoring. Did I say that right? That might be a word for somebody. Let that sink in. As soon as the accountant told us this, I just, right in the office, I just said, oh my goodness, we got to sponsor some more kids. And, and so we did. We got a few more. Jordani was one of them. And now not only Jordani and his sisters, but his mom and dad know the Lord. Isn't that amazing? We love it. Yay, God. Yay, God. Sandy and I have four kids of our own. And they're older. Three of them are married already. And I'm going to be a grandpa. I'm so excited. Wow. Oh, thank you. Thanks. I, um, I don't know when, but I figure it's bound to happen eventually. <laughs> Just noticed there were some people drifting off back here. So I was... Now, I've been telling that joke for years. Sandy and I, for real, we actually have five grandkids. Uh, remember I said I'm a wealthy guy? I'm a wealthy man is the truth. The Lord has been so good to us. But our kids right now, so our children and their spouses, at last count, they were up to eight more children that they're sponsoring. Isn't that neat? And if you were to ask them, these young adults, why do you do that? You know, why do you, why do you sponsor these children? They'd answer the same way I would. they would say, why would I not? Seriously? The Lord's been so good to me. Relatively speaking, this is such a little thing, and yet it so represents his heart. And so for us, this has become an act of worship. It's, it's a no-brainer. It's actually a discipleship issue in our family, you know, because following Jesus, not just for this, but for anything, being a Christian, following Jesus is not a hobby. We good? We still friends? It's the greatest adventure ever is what it is. It's what you and I were created for. The best version of this guy by far is the one that is just continually saying yes. Yes to Jesus. Yes. You're faithful. I trust you. Amen, 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 amen. I'm almost done. It was pointed out to me that there are more than 2,000 references in the Old and New Testament to God's heart for the poor and justice issues. Did you know this? I was a pastor nine years. I never knew it, but it's the truth. More than 2,000 references. And the the reason that I mention that is because I've had so many people come up to, well-meaning people, okay, come up to me and say, Jay, I need to pray about this. I need to pray about sponsoring a child, and I don't want to be misunderstood. There, there are plenty of good reasons to pray about this. There really are. If for Sandy and me, it's usually, you know, Lord, how many, how many more, you know, how many more today? Um, but if by that, I need to pray about, if, if what I'm saying is I need to ask God if it's his will for me to take a tiny part of my resources to help minister to the poor and tell them about Jesus, what do I think he's gonna say? especially when he's already given his opinion more than 2000 times right and i would add to that and this is just my experience my lack of experience really but i can't remember ever in my entire life crying out to god saying oh god oh lord is it your will for me to buy this cup of coffee as i go through the drive through today I'm not trying to be mean friends I'm just trying to give perspective seriously in my case Even from Tim Hortons, that cup of coffee costs considerably more than twice what it cost me to sponsor a child for today. Yet I, I, I would think that very weird to be asking the Lord about the coffee. You with me? So listen, if you don't sponsor kids yet, that's okay. And I mean it. God bless you. But you can take care of that today. So I strongly encourage you, please don't run off after the service. Go to the tables over here and choose your child. And they'll sign you up. They've made it so easy, you don't even need to have any money with you today. They do want me to encourage that we not put it off, there not be a delay. So there's, there's this gu- guitar guy, has some CDs out there. I've heard they're fabulous. If you are able, seriously, though, if you're able to start a sponsorship right away so there's no delay, would you take a CD? That's just to say thank you. That's to encourage that we don't put it off. Okay, I think you can understand that. If you sponsor 10 kids, take 10 CDs, and I'm serious. And it would not be the first time. Um, those of you that already sponsor kids... Again, thank you, thank you. It would be extremely difficult to overstate the impact you're having. And I know it doesn't seem like it, but it really, truly is that big a deal, so well done. But here's the challenge, would you consider another one? Or more if you can, you know, but at least take home a kid you didn't come with today. (laughs) Surprise your friends. I'm, uh, I'm going to wrap it up at this time, and, uh, but why don't could I get you to stand with me? You've been so patient and sitting, and uh, thank you for that. I want to bless you so much, and I, I love what the Lord is doing through this congregation. It's inspiring to the rest of us, you know, it's for a guy like me who comes as a visitor. Um, and sometimes it's helpful, I find, if someone who's not a part of our regular congregation comes in and lets us know, you know, what's going on here is not what's going on everywhere. And the Lord's doing something remarkable in your midst and through you, and he is. So it's a, it's a blessing to me to even be with you today. I bless you so much. Thanks for the opportunity to share, and I really do hope to see you at the tables after the service. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much for this congregation. I thank you for the fact that your, your hand is so clearly upon them. Thank you for Pastor Kai. And Lord, would you continue to raise up intercessors for him and for the other leaders here? Pray for um, so much grace, for continued unity and clarity of direction. Pray that you would continue to open doors for this congregation. And would their influence increase even more, even more for your glory, Lord Jesus. In the Bracebridge area and all around, even southern Ontario, but around the planet, oh God because you've invited us in so many ways, in many, many ways, to co-labor with you, Lord Jesus Christ. Bless these people. Bless each one, oh God. Tell them again what you think of them. And I bless each of you as well for increased delight to be in the secret place, what we used to call having devotions and spending time alone with the Lord. Lord, would you give grace to each of us that that would become more and more of a delight? Would you just draw us to be in your word and to be in prayer? We love you so much. Thanks for this opportunity. And God's people said, thanks a lot. God bless you.